What's next? We're doing surgery. You just said. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> I thought we were done with it already. I thought, I thought that was planning. it. <laughs> they all do. Those were like seven minutes. That was perfect. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, where we look at some of the academic innovation discoveries that we often hear about but never touch our lives in any real meaningful way. We want to look at some of those innovations and maybe help those things along so they do become an actual thing on a shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for the University of Nebraska. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher and Joe Runge. Tyler, you're a PhD licensing associate in our office. How's it going? Hey, hey, good. How are you doing today, Charlie? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> and uh, Joe Rungi, uh, uh, what are you again? I, I can't remember. It's like <laughs> I am the business development manager for Unimed, the associate director of the Unitech Institute. It's not. It's a. It's a running gag, but it's purely unintentional. I don't understand it. I like that. I am an unintentional running gag. <laughs> and please take a moment to review the podcast and please leave a rating. Please tell your friends. Please be sure to look at the featured technology in the program notes. It's always something interesting, but this week especially so. And there's another one I do. Isn't there? Yeah, no. That's good enough. All right. Unintentional. <laughs> that's our vote. That's like, a, it's like a, I'm a contagion. Or anti-meditative. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So... Um, indeed, we do want to tell those stories, um, so please help us spread the word because we want to talk about innovations, not just at Nebraska, but uh, academic innovations everywhere. The front porch of university innovation, right? That would be it. Yeah. That's like your thing. So um, anyway, I think it's about time we went over... Mm, He's spinning I'm, the wheel. Well, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm just thinking back to that conversation we were having about augmented reality uh, versus virtual reality, and that there's some sort of tension between the two. And I don't know what the difference is. Tyler, what's the difference between an augmented Ooh. reality and virtual reality? Good question. Yeah. Okay, so augmented reality places some non-physical object into your physical space that you can then interact with. So um, examples would okay. be... Uh, <laughs> now I'm drawing a blank about like on. we? Uh... No. No, that's video game reality. No, so but like, it's, it's sort of like that. So it'd be like we if... But you if, have, you if, have if, something you actually hold, right? Yeah, it'd be like if that was um, instead of behind a screen, it'd be in three dimensions in your room with you. That would be augmented or that, virtual? That's Well, so okay. the epitome of augmented reality is the Microsoft HoloLens, which is yes, there we glasses go. that you put on. Yeah. And then they project a three-dimensional object into what you're looking at. And it's got, like, sensors and stuff. So as you look so around, you put can... things into the real world. So it's, right. it's, it's mixed. Exactly. There we go. It's mixing the virtual reality with your real environment. Whereas okay. when you take off your HoloLens and you put on your Oculus Rift. There you go. Suddenly you're totally disconnected from you're reality. transported into the underwater world of Atlantis. the Caribbean. <laughs> Atlantis <laughs> is better. <laughs> Although Atlantis could be in the I just Caribbean. watched Aquaman this weekend, so it's, it's on my mind. Right. I was about to go with something, but it just... Oh, sorry. That's all right. Aquaman does that. Yes. <laughs> okay, Jason so, Mwama. So we have some stuff that's... Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's... Well, so is there a... Is, sorry, Aquaman. should I stop talking? <laughs> I had to get Aquaman out. That was the noise of it. Okay. Um, well, I've totally lost my train of thought. What do you, what do you, so what are we doing here? Yeah. So uh, we, we have some, some cool educational technologies that are, you know, sort of, I don't know, weird as, Joe, is it AR or VR? 
That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure, so or share actually, <laughs> um, as to whether or not what we're talking about. Is, so why don't we talk it out and then we'll like circle back and do okay. a vote AR okay. VR. Okay. All right. Other well, R. Well, okay. Well, I'm curious about this video thing. game reality. It's got one of the. Well, it's called. I don't even know what it stands for, but it's a basically it's a laparoscopic simulator that's portable. You could take it just about anywhere, right? Well, one of the things that's a huge problem in training doctors specifically, but medical professionals at large, is in the dark old days. You know, doctors that are in training are called residents because they lived at the hospital and they just kept working until they fell over. And so at some point- Sounds like a great system. Right, at some point, the 20th century caught up in the 21st century with medical training and said, you know, infinite work might not be the best policy. And so the idea was, is there were limits that were put on how much training doctors can can undergo. And this became a real problem, especially in surgery, because now there were notions of, well, how do we be more efficient? How do we spend time better? And so one of the things that was really important um, is to figure out how do we maximize the value of surgical training time before they ever do surgery. There's a really cool paper I read a long time ago. It's called The Ethics of the First Knee, which is at some point in every surgeon's life, they will do a first surgical procedure. And when it's a really big deal procedure, like a knee replacement, how do we make sure that yeah. the surgeon is ready for that, right? And so one of the things that's been really helpful in doing that is simulation. And so a team of inventors, which include an engineer from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln named Carl Nelson, uh, a biomechanist slash physical therapist slash expert in human movement from UNMC called Dr. Joseph Sue, and a surgeon, Dr. Dmitry Lenikov, who's uh, regularly mentioned on this show because he's really innovative. Uh, they came up with a new kind of simulator that is really inexpensive, has all these really cool computer-aided features, and is essentially like a video game. And so the idea is, is you plug the simulator into a standard computer and connect it to the internet, and you have access to a whole library of surgical training programs specifically for laparoscopic surgery. And laparoscopic surgery is really difficult for surgeons to learn because it's doing surgery, but you can't touch anything and you have to look at it on a TV screen. But the, I think, I, I know what you're talking about. The, the thing that I saw was like portable. You could do this exactly. anywhere. You could take it to The your... idea is that you give it to a resident and they can take it home and do their training there. You say, finish your training whenever you have access to the internet and a computer, which is basically anywhere, and you can do it. It's basically a briefcase that snaps open into a... The new one fits inside an envelope. Get out. I'm not kidding. It's it's the Portcast Air, right? No kidding. Wow. So, so now... So now so it that is 3D printed. laptop bag. Wow. Yeah. So if, is it really? Are you just saying that? No. I mess with Tyler. It, it is really 3D printed. Because that's a, that's a pretty... I don't even need it and I'm going to buy one. That's next level. <laughs> that would be next level trolling of Tyler there. That's <laughs> true. Well, can it be both? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with both on that. So that's really cool. So the, now, the debate right. is like, is it augmented reality? Because like you're looking at a screen, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like on your eyeballs and when you sort of look around, it doesn't matter. But there are cameras that are tracking little laparoscopic tools that you're training with, right? Yes. And so is that... And you're moving those in three dimensions. And you're moving those in three dimensions. Yeah. And I think like maybe the relevant part here is not to get too hung up on labels, right? That yeah. this is a, a, a moment where cameras are really inexpensive, where the type of software to... They're building all their simulation modules in Unity, which is basically a video game development Video game language, platform, yeah. Right? And so it's at this moment where the technology is to a point where it can disrupt 
lap, medical training because we made it so anyone can build, you know, flappy birds on a phone, right? The same technology that's driving that is now teaching surgeons how to extract a pancreas through a little hole in someone's belly button. Minimally invasive surgery. Yeah, very that's cool. Very, and you can train it anytime you get the, the time to do it too. Right. So, And they're not that expensive. So it's not like, what's a big full service laparoscopic simulator? What's Half a million dollars. Wow. And so... <laughs> Man, I'm not buying one of those. Yeah, <laughs> gotta say, I don't care man. how three, how much 3D printing is involved. Like zero buying. 3D printing. Zero. That's why. And then, so this thing that the 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 I don't know what we're calling. What's the name of this? Does it have a product name yet? Or uh, the, the the we are currently negotiating a a deal with a startup company to take it over. Uh, they're considering calling themselves Adeptus Interactive. Adeptus. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. cool. Um, so the team is always referred to as the Portcast, which is the portable uh, computer assisted. Uh, surgical training system. Yeah. I like Adeptus better for some reason. <laughs> all right, Charlie, you <laughs> no have some money. It's all yours. Sorry. Um, no, no. So, the, the, but this thing's relatively inexpensive. I yeah. Mean, would, their, their, their goal is actually to really have it be a service, right? You don't really pay for the simulator. You pay for a subscription to get all the cool surgical training stuff. Because if you make the simulator really inexpensive, then it's really access to it. And they're really looking to expand it beyond laparoscopic training. They want to be able to train different types of medical procedures really? to instrument mannequins potentially. So the idea is that how can you, because what they're, expertise is in is evaluating the motion. It's not in sort of conducting the simulation. If you talk to surgeons, they want more simulation. They just don't want to have to grade it, you know, because okay. they, they're doing surgery. They can't sit there and watch a oh, bunch of trainees, right. you know, so, yeah. you know, suture an orange using laparoscopic so tools. That's part of it. They're trying to automate the, the grading part, the grading part. Cause it, it, right now, the simulator operates by using two cameras to track two existing laparoscopic tools, right? Mm. And so it's got a full record of the 3D motion of the system. And so it can take that and evaluate it objectively and figure out, is this person ready to move on and actually do surgery? And that way, instead of having to learn surgery in the operating room, you can do all this training and then you have a huge leg up in terms of trying to actually do the surgical procedure. So hopefully for great for the patients because it's really the better patient outcomes right. and great for the, the residents because they can now do this in the comfort of their own lazy boy. They can do their kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Instead of having to be at the hospital all hours of the day. Yeah, and I think ultimately it's going to lead to, uh, you know, this is one thing the University of Nebraska Medical Center is really effective at through, you know, its promotion of, of surgical or really medical training through experience or experiential learning. Uh, you know, through the, the visionary leadership of, of our administration, specifically Dr. Gold, the creation of the IXL Institute, which is really going to be a global leader for this type of education. And I think projects like this type of simulation are, are really just the, the beginning of the really cool work that you're going to see at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. That's pretty cool. Is there, is there anything else that's, um, that's kind of in that um, virtual yeah. augmented reality that kind of helps? I don't know. We'll, say, we'll stick with surgery. Anything else with surgery related? Yeah. Or? So... I came across a technology that's a little uh, that that combines something that maybe could be considered pseudoscience <laughs> to an extent. Oh no! With yeah, I know this is this is perfectly my this is right in my wheelhouse. So we got a mixture of pseudoscience and virtual reality. That is this your is, wheelhouse. <laughs> this is where I live. I just want to hit pause for a second. Just a nice cold pause. Because I think we want to avoid saying the word pseudoscience if we're talking about science at all. Do we want to? No, I mean it's it's not necessarily a derogatory I, term. I I read his notes. I think it's legit this time. Legit pseudoscience. 
We're talking about hypnosis, so it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's not effective. It just means that it can't be properly studied in a scientifically controlled. I'm just experiment. saying, if I went to a committee of anesthesiologists and the first word I said was hypnosis, they would start throwing rotten vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> and not the good kind, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yeah. promise we're not going to have to completely edit out this episode. <laughs> well, at least but this, thank you for the this, timeout. This, I had to call timeout there because I didn't know if that's the word we want to say. Because right. yeah, you got to do the editing. <laughs> yeah. Upon further review, not a foul. Okay. So <laughs> the call stands. The call stands. <laughs> okay. So we just need our listeners to accept two premises. Now that I've I've already floated out there <laughs> the word pseudoscience, uh, we need them to accept two premises. One, that everything you experience is happening in your mind. So you got to accept that everything you experience is happening in your mind. Okay, so... Uh, I okay, I accept that this is happening in my mind. So no questions. Okay, good. On the fence. Uh, on the, yeah, so, okay, <laughs> good, good, yeah. So so one example I would just point out would be that dreams can be as real as reality. Um, and I've never had very vivid no dreams. in... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening in your mind. You can even feel the sensations, uh, everything that, that would go along with the real experience in the dream. We are giving space for the listeners to make up their own minds. Go okay, on. sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting skeptical looks. Two, the second premise. That one's been conditionally accepted, I think. Sure. The second, the mind can be manipulated. So all of us have been exposed yeah. to um, very sophisticated marketing campaigns in capitalist America <laughs> in 2019. So we're all familiar with, with being manipulated. <laughs> um, yeah. For, 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 for the purposes of this technology, though, I just I point got out. In, I got into the whole Pepsi Clear thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> Loved Pepsi Clear. Uh, <laughs> it was like Pepsi, but clear. Like, so I want Pepsi or 7-Up. <laughs> I want 7-Up that tastes like Pepsi. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the purposes of this technology, specifically, I just draw your attention to the fact that pain under different contexts uh, can either feel agonizing or blissful. So example, um, if any of you have done a lot of uh, weightlifting, weight training, when, you're, when going towards a, a, a goal, you're trying to pack on some pounds, you get, need some muscle for that upcoming season, mm-hmm. that can be, it can actually feel really good, the, the uh, soreness associated with weight training, right? Mm, I must have been doing it wrong because I hated it. <laughs> When you're actually, when you're making gains, when you're making gains, bro, yeah. it, it feels good. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there was a, there was. I think he meant bra. <laughs> I think he did too, bro. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess maybe I wasn't pushing myself hard enough because I, I never enjoyed that part of it. But. Okay. Okay. Well, Sorry, some people can. personal experience. Yeah. I get, I get there's people who experience like a runner's high. Runner's right? high. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I've never even come remotely close to, to achieving something like that. So. Yeah. So all I would say is that very same it could be the very same experience the very same pain if you were to go to a doctor and be told that it was cancer you would have a totally different experience of that pain now it would there's no way that that could be enjoyable in the least right it could be the very same sensation so depending on the context pain can be either good or bad or even neutral right all this is in the mind (laughs) yeah so Enter Hypno VR, which is a technology spun off from um, research done in in Europe. Uh, it started off in France, actually. So, so th- these were actually a group of anesthesiologists <laughs> with over twenty plus years of experience who co-founded this company, and they awesome. They 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 saw this problem: a growing dependency on narcotics in order to alleviate uh, post-surgical suffering. 
And they thought, you know, what if there's something else we can do here to help people cope with with the pain and recover and recover much better than putting them on a bunch of bunch of opioids? Um, and they got into exploring the effects of hypnosis um, and hip, hypnotic suggestion. And then they, they, they came across the technologist working on VR technology, and they thought, let's combine the two. <laughs> Naturally, let's combine the two. Hey, so, Tyler. So yeah. tell me more about VR hypnosis. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so so hypno VR would work over like an Oculus Rift, so any sort of uh, virtual reality platform. And you put it on, you're, you experience uh, subtle hypnotic su- su- suggestion um, alongside a just a really blissful or relaxing like a walk through a park or a hike is this or like a the relaxed scene from uh zoolander <laughs> actually yeah so this could probably be used for bad too you okay. might you might be uh, <laughs> strongly encouraged to assassinate some foreign dictator <laughs> as a fashion model <laughs> as a fashion model when you hear the word derelict <laughs> or whatever, whatever the trigger word was <laughs> Wow, that, that that escalated quickly. Yeah, kind of regret. Can we get that far? Can we can we get back to the? Sorry. So no no no. Yeah. Running out of time here. Hypno VR. Talk so about the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh no! no. Come on. Yeah, it was. It it's, was. It's better it was, than the sequel. It was. Cause, oh my god. God, you got a space. Just keep talking. It's a garbage okay, okay. movie and shouldn't be talked about ever. So, so Hypno VR um, it is it's, so it's being currently used in doctor and dental offices throughout Europe to alleviate anxiety and post surgery pain. Huh. Um, so you can use it beforehand to get, get people calm um, before they go into their, for their dental procedure, okay. um, and then to alleviate the pain afterwards. And just recently, it's gone through some rigorous clinical studies uh, to to, to uh, do the same associated with surgery. So it's they're actually getting um, they're on the verge of getting CE approval. A CE wow, mark. they're getting CE mark for hypnosis. Yeah, for I guess it's it's not virtual reality technology. I guess it's officially not and they're probably not too far away from applying for FDA in the U.S. as well. CE so. is the European equivalent of FDA. That means oh. that means they would be a, a Licensed well, medical device. Well, what's the what's the big deal? I mean, if it's something that helps people, why not? Yeah, and they've had some incredible results. So the study I want to point to recently done a a, a small clinical trial. It was done in multi a multi site clinical trial. The trial at uh, the uh, University of Texas Southwestern was just a small part of it. Twenty one pediatric patients undergoing scoliosis surgery. So at UT Southwestern Medical Center. We're and, talking about kids. Then. Yep, we're talking about kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they, so so these kids, uh, again, half of them were, were given this this uh, VR headset experience, half of them not. Um, uh, so they, 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 what they did was they, they gave them one 20 minute session per day for the first three days after after the the, the uh, surgical procedure, and what they saw was incredible. So reduced anxiety, um, total opioid consumption was reduced, and vomiting reduced. So we're talking about a fifty percent reduction in in morphine requirement for those who did the hypnotic VR compared to those that didn't. Wow. Um, a ninety five percent reduction in anti anxiety meds in those that did the VR versus again those that didn't, and then about a fifty percent reduction in vomiting. Um, and a lot of the vomiting is probably associated with the the people who were on the morphine or on the wow, <laughs> on the drugs. Really cool. so you're not on the drugs, you don't vomit. That's pretty dramatic. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. This is why it's close to getting approval. So, yeah. Well, you should be ashamed of yourself calling it pseudoscience. It sounds pretty legit. <laughs> you're, you know, on second thought, you're right. So, <laughs> <laughs> virtual reality making hypnosis a thing. Way to go, 21st century. All right. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. okay. I think on that note, it's time to come to ground. We're about out of time for that one. So, um, please check our program notes. We'll have uh, some links to the 
uh, portable laparoscopic simulator and then the hypnosis um, use of VR that Tyler was talking about. For Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you for joining us on Innovation Overground.